Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker, and I'm here today with two wonderful guests, Whitney Freyer and Kim Sales. Hey, Michelle. Hello, hello. It's lovely to have you join me for this podcast. Now, Whitney, you're calling in from Oregon. Yes, I am. You're in a beautiful spot in Oregon. Tell us a bit more about that. So I'm in Northeast Oregon. So the northern border is Washington State. The eastern border is Idaho. Um, it's surrounded by mountains and um, Hell's Canyon. So it um, is so magical because it was the last part of the continental U.S. to be settled by the white man. So the indigenous wisdom was alive here last. Um, the Nez Perce um, we're here until 1877. Mm. Just love it. I moved here in 2011. Everything changed when I moved here. <laughs> so yeah, I spend my time in the mountains and skiing and paragliding and sitting under trees and exploring. It's just heaven for me. I love seeing your photos, Whitney. And Kim, you're in Minnesota. Tell us about where you're calling in from. I am. I'm calling in from pretty much right smack dab in the heart of the city. We were surrounded by some beautiful lakes. And we have Lake Superior up north and a lot of beautiful trails and things down by the Mississippi River. So there's a lot of places I can escape to as far as beauty, but I am right now right in the center of the city where all of the action and buzz is. <laughs> and just for people who are listening, I met Whitney 2013, so that's nine years ago, when I discovered Whitney led this thing called Creatively Fit Coaching and I became one of her coaches back then. And that's when I started painting because I hadn't done any painting before I did Whitney's course and met her and met all the other trainees. And then I met Kim. I met you 2020, we said, beginning of COVID, yeah. right? And yes, absolutely. you were doing your coach training then. That's correct. Yeah. Tell, tell me what's happened since you did your creatively fit coaching <laughs> well, it's kind of exploded, right? So the last two years is I've just devoted once I met Whitney and I started with her in the I am the unstoppable dream and I didn't want it to stop. So <laughs> I went into coaching. And um, so I've changed from being a corporate executive with marketing and advertising and turned into really following my soul and my heart and being a creatively fit coach and teaching this wonderful practice so women can connect to their just inner soul and their being and put all of their heart and soul onto the canvas. Mm. And that's what I've been doing for the last two years now. He's got online programs and yes. oh, so much goodness. Yeah, it's been, it's been a wild time. Whitney, you've been such an inspiration for us and just letting the listeners know Whitney is many things. She's a creative coach. She's an artist in her own right. She's led loads and loads of workshops and transformational work using the creativity as a portal. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's got several great books that I would highly recommend and we'll put the information in the show notes like Artists Within, Super Soul Flow and 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible. Yes. Okay, perfect. So we'll put the links and I found just being part of your community because you've built this incredible group. But tell me about your story, because I think your story is very inspirational. It was part of what touched my heart when I lent in to join your group. Yeah, it's funny because all growing up until age 26, I was a huge wannabe artist, like vocal, you know, anyone who I knew who could paint and draw, I was over their shoulder 
just crying like, oh, I wish I'd inherited that DNA. I can't paint. I can't draw. I had just completely bought into that story that some people were, you know, born with this creative DNA and others weren't. And I'd had an art teacher when I was nine tell me drawing wasn't my thing. And so, you know, all my nine-year-old self heard was that I hadn't inherited that DNA. I couldn't be a part of that club. So I, I coach people, like if you're a wannabe something, you're actually, I think, meant to be it at some point, you know? And so what happened is literally I was selling books door to door. It was kind of a summer cyclical thing. And that is important just because you learn kind of the hard knocks and you learn the law of averages and, you know, you're doing something that nobody likes or wants you to do or anything. So during that job, you know, there were moments where I felt super lost and like, what am I going to do with my life? And I picked up a book called Zen and the Art of Making a Living. And in it, the author said that unless you adopt an artist mentality, you will not be able to create the life of your dreams. And that's all I knew was that I wanted something different and magical. Like I, I had this very strong inner knowing that I was not meant to plug into an existing job, that I was meant to create something new. But you know, the ideas ran the gamut every day. I almost felt plagued by ideas. Like the wicked witch, when I was born had said, you will be thinking of ideas every day, but none of them will ever happen or something like that. And so reading that book, I literally wrote in the margins, the creative fitness center. And I was struck by the fact that I didn't see any place where they taught this artist mentality from the perspective of creating the art that is your life in a way that lights you up, that is dreamy, right? So the whole aha was to open the gym for the right brain muscle. So my whole early years, we're all talking about left brain, right brain, and working out your right brain so that you could create the change you wanted in the art that is your life. And, and it was so fun because I learned along with my clients, you know, like almost nobody believed me when I told them I had no art experience. It's almost like they couldn't hear it because how could someone who owned an art center not have an art background? But together, like I went to the classes that were taught by teachers who just walked in the door asking if I needed teachers. And I was like, yes. Um, and then I took the classes and half the time the teachers were like, oh my gosh, how is this even possible? Because I'd ask questions like opposite colors, what are those? And they just were like mind blown that the owner of this art center didn't know anything. And so it was just you know, this beautiful, um, in hindsight, experience of learning along with my clients. I attracted a lot of other wannabe artists. And then having this collective aha, you know, because they'd walk in almost every time I caught the eye of one of my adult clients, because I worked with kids too, the adults walking up to the door it was in this old like 1920s bungalow house. And they'd raise their eyebrows, you know, that kind of excited, like, wait until I tell you. And I'd raise my eyebrows. And then they'd tell me, like, guess what happened? You know, this came about, or I started this, or I changed this. And, you know, it was everything from I painted my living room red to, to I'm moving to the coast, or I'm quitting my job, or I'm getting divorced, or whatever. And so what happened was exactly the intention, like what was coming through me was that when they nurtured this creative side of who they are, they stayed present more. They were in a state of possibility rather than fear and constriction that the world kind of cultivates. And they were able to take steps in that present moment, not like, you know, huge leaps a mile long, one step that was in alignment with a vision they'd been given. And one step at a time, 
they created change in their life that was absolutely obvious to all of us that it was seated in art class. So like, I love pretty pictures. You guys know me, like I love the recognition and I, you know, I love selling art and all that. But what I really love is when people tell me, I just got this email. I would have been so stressed or pissed off two months ago, but now I'm just like, wow, there must be something better. Cause that's what we learn at the canvas. You know, you, you paint something on there and you're like, you know, or you spill fluorescent orange paint all over something and, and you just stay in possibility like, okay, let's make something from this. And so that's what they started doing in their life. And, and there's so much more available to us in such a more beautiful kind of palette that we can pull from in our lives than what we were taught at school or around the dinner table. And so over the years, of course, the conversation has changed from left brain, right brain to you are an infinite being having a human experience, you know, here to fully embody your creator self. But all along the painting practice, which honestly, I've tried to get away from at some point because it's exhausting having so many people be like, oh, I can't even paint. I can't draw. I can't, you know, even draw a stick figure. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's got nothing to do with that. It's playing with color and getting to know this aspect of you. But the painting makes visible every self-help, self-awareness, spiritual teaching can be experienced at the canvas. And when you experience it in that creative frequency, it is immensely transformational. Yeah. And I can't get enough of it. It's been 26 years now. (laughs) Yes. And there's so many things for people who are listening. Like I just want to share two little stories when I did my coach training and I didn't think of myself as, as a painter. Right. And one of them was one of the activities where we had to let go by painting over the top of. So the other side of what you just said, which is we learn at the canvas that if we don't like what we see, as in if we don't like what we see in our life, we can change it. And that empowering process. I had the other side of it as well, which is hanging on to not letting go. And I know that's one of my things, you know, I just, I just moved house after living in a place for 14 years and moved house and studio, I can tell you, I had to go through a process of letting go of stuff. But it's also the training that I had in jewelry was product, you know, it was a thing, you actually start with the materials and you end with a thing. And when I did that painting process that you led us through where we had to let go of a painting and go in over the top, I really got to face that hanging onness that I had and my attachment to pretty, especially if I liked what I'd done, there was this constriction around, oh, I'll never be able to do it again. And that's one of the things that I really learned was actually, if I did it once, I can do it a second time and it may even be better. And I think that expansion and how that one lesson at the canvas just becomes permeates through life was absolutely fantastic and the other little one was the one color meditation process which I found anchored me and gave me a real calming thing to go to when life was going a little crazy which it was at the time so they were just too life-changing and I've taken those processes to other people as well of course you know that's part of the coach training I'm going to look to you Kim what were the things that you found were really transformational in some of that work at the canvas? So for me, my background's a little different, right? I do have an art degree and worked corporate as far as designer and that sort of thing. 
But what really attracted me was that it was a process and not a product because everything I have been doing, that is exactly the key, is has been a product. Either I was selling something for the corporation or a product they, they actually sold or what have you. So I was very comfortable in that arena as far as, you know, letting go of concepts and things like that, because, you know, you have to pump out quite a bit of creativity and it's creativity on demand. It's not creativity from your soul. And so when I found, I found Whitney on YouTube and I looked at her and I listened to her, I thought, this is it. This is how I want to change. I want to help people know this joy that I know and knew from as a young child, right? That I changed into this corporate career. Now I want to go back. How do I get back there? How do I deconstruct my corporate brain to allow and give myself permission to play with this and not produce product? So it was this very transformational pivot point for me um, to basically expose my little, you know, white underbelly to everyone as an artist versus this is corporate Kim. I can give you this many concepts and yes, I can crank this out and I can lead a meeting, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, okay, this is just me completely raw. You know, this is what you get. I'm a happy hippie now. I'm not doing any of the other stuff. <laughs> you know, this is how I want my life to be. So in the last two years, that is how it's evolved. And that has been really the big pivot point and important information I've gleaned and just enjoying this whole process of working with Whitney is it's a process, not a product. And whatever you do, you can do over and you learn so much about yourself. And there's a huge thing. You said the word permission. Both of you said the word mm. permission. It's part of what we learn to do as creatively fit coaches, isn't it? Is learning to give ourselves permission through your leadership. Whitney, and then modeling that for others. Do you want to talk to me just a bit more about permission giving? Because I love that comment. Well, the first thing I want to say, and you both kind of touched on it, but um, when you look at the world right now, and you look at the last two years that we believe at this point emerging from attachment, and that corporate kind of structured way of thinking where there are plans and deadlines and, you know, expectations that are rigid. And then life just through the whole world, a curveball, right? So can you detach from your expectations about what life was supposed to look like or what was supposed to happen and stay in that state of creative possibility? That's what we learn at the canvas. When COVID hit, I had this overwhelming tsunami of awareness of like, oh, this is what I've been preparing people for. You know, I used to think it was 2012, um, but it was, it was this. It was how can we stay no matter what is going on in the external world? How can we stay in a place of possibility? And that's only accessible through our creativity. And the permission is really, it's breaking the chains, uncaging the, the word, the idea, the meme, the energy of creativity, that it's not about, you know, housewives and Martha Stewart and product and who's good at it and who's not. Creativity is your life force. It is prana. It's yes. like breath. Like we're here to create. <laughs> and you're here to create your life in your way, authentically, you know, out loud and full color. And of course, the journey for a lot of us, myself included, is you, you create your life to live up to your parents' expectations. You create your life to be, you know, a good, successful mother, wife, business person, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're looking outside of yourself for the affirmation that you're on the right track instead of coming from within. And, and that's perfect because we learn through contrast, 
You know, we chose to experience this. And the canvas is this unassuming, completely accessible and fun, which is, I'm so grateful I was given that call, that reconnects you to this truth. It's like, it's truth. I remember reading in The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, you know, probably only a couple billion of you have read that book. And in the very beginning, he's explaining that his beliefs and his he was raised in the Toltec tradition. And in the Toltec tradition, the word for human was artist. Mm. And he said, you all are artists and the art you're creating is your life. The only question is whether you're doing it with or without awareness. Yep. So yeah, let's create our lives with awareness. Can we please? And create it in a way that is in alignment with your heart, with what you love, with what lights you up. And when we do that, it ripples out. And when whatever critical mass of people are doing that, how can there be, you know, war and all these other things? Because ultimately everything we need is within us. It's not in conquering territories or, you know, amassing fortunes. It's in, in mining the treasure that is within yourself. And, and that's the journey I get to take people on. And really, I just kind of, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, okay, here's a palette and here's a canvas and here's a paintbrush. And I give you permission to play you know, and I'll give you some prompts along the way, but the results and the, the ahas and the transformations I hear that are just like the greatest gift for me all the time happen with each of us alone at the canvas, connecting to our own innermost truth and wisdom and being in that creative frequency that is unconditionally loving and only knows there's more possible. So if you want more of that, (laughs) lean into this work, you might want to try painting practice thing yeah (laughs) exactly and I think it's really interesting because we had this conversation Jennifer and I on the last podcast which is given what's going on in the world if we don't like what we see then we have to do a few things in response and part of it is coming back and finding our center and that can be through creative process and that's what I do, that's what we do, is being able to start from there and make sure that the coming from place, which is a great phrase that Suzanne Melroth uses, is the come from place has to be strong and settled and calm. And that's what we get when we tap into our creativity. And it just allows us to then be able to contribute to the world. Because if we look around and we don't like what we see and we don't like what world we're creating, that we're contributing to, what can we do that's different? Fantastic. So let me ask your part of this incredible new event that's happening starting from Friday, and it'll be Friday US time. So Australian listeners, it will happen for us on Saturday. And we just want to dive in and talk about that right now, which is the Festival of Feminine Power and Artistry. So Who would like to lead off? Tell me about what you've planned and what's available for people who are listening. Well, let me start with lay the groundwork. And then Kim, you can share the juiciness that's in the content because you actually have, I think, seen more of it than I have. So I have to say, so my book, 30 Days to Unstoppable, is really teaching us how to care for ourselves as vibrational beings. And that when you are focused on nurturing the things that help you live and be at a higher vibration, that you are then in this receptive state that you can receive really the dreams or visions that like the universe wants to 
manifest on this planet, right? So we know everything exists as energy before matter. And if you've read Liz Gilbert's Big Magic, you know, and she says ideas are, you know, circling, looking for hosts, these solutions to problems, innovations, you know, inventions, uh, societal solutions, and everything needs a human being to take the idea and put it into physical reality, right? And the unstoppableness happens when you realize that you're being given this idea by whatever the spaciousness uh, is of the unseen eternal world, and it's got your back, right? So I use the analogy of um, gardening. And like, if you want to grow tomatoes, you know, you get a tomato seed. You have to plant that seed in the dirt and weed the dirt to keep it, you know, give it space and water it. And when it grows into the sunlight, make sure it gets light and water and all that. But you don't need to teach it how to become a tomato, right? You don't have to be like, okay, it's day eight. Now you come up out of the dirt, (laughs) right? So the tomato seed has the blueprint. So your dream or vision, whether it's to paint your living room or start a nonprofit or solve world hunger, that is a seed. It has everything it needs to grow into fruition, but it needs you to take it out of the package, put it in the dirt and nurture it. So with that being said, on February 10th, I was kind of doing my 2022 ritual because I was in Chile paragliding all of January, which I just say because I've created the art that is my life in a way that gets me super happy. And I asked myself like, okay, what do I really, really want? And honestly, I was like, I want to collaborate with my coaches more because you all are like, just like my soul sisters and a few soul brothers. And I want to raise money. I want to use art as a form of activism because it's such an amazing medium to be able to create and show an image of what, you know, we're all feeling and wanting to um, visualize into reality. And I want to raise money for nonprofits. So literally, as soon as I crystallized that intention, I heard a festival of feminine power and artistry, like in completion. It's like I was handed the seed packet for this festival. And within a week, I had reached out to Kim, who has a beautiful, as you heard, corporate background and that skill set. And my other team had graphics created. And I'd already had people emailing me, like actually podcast hosts. There's a couple that started painting as a result of me being on their podcast. And one of them emailed and said, if there's anything I can ever help you with, I'm like, oh, the festival has special guest teachers. (laughs) So she's created the witch goddess lesson that is right after mine and the festival. And it's been an unstoppable dream. Like the energy around it is magical. And that's the other fun thing. When you say yes to these unstoppable dreams, you're calling in, like you've got all this help and all of the magic is like, it's like going with the current down a river and I get to be on the ride. And um, Kim gratefully said yes to helping with the logistics side of it, which has made all the difference in the world. And so I'll let her, what you may experience when you open the tent door and step into the festival tent. (laughs) Yeah. So full body hug for all the fabulous women who've contributed to this. There's 21 of us and I get the great honor of seeing all this come in and build the site. So it's been super fun. We mentioned the witch goddess, but there's so many things. Let's see, we've got the goddess Isis and the goddess Kali. We have Bridget, mother of springtime and birthing spring. We have another great coach doing the creatrix archetype. 
We have Grandmother Moon and we have some moon energy, um, the Heart Milagros, which is a beautiful heart metalwork. Yeah, she's- uh, Yeah, so that's Diane. She just- Yeah. I had to ask her because she just joined the coaching training and she does metalwork. Her business is the Purple Anvil. And I met her at Gathering of the Creatives and I just fell in love with her and she emailed me right before the coaching training. And anyway, so I wanted her to bring her metal work in because she's such a powerful feminine energy. Mm. And so she is sharing a simple metal work that you could do with tin snips. But I imagine some people might do the whole project and some people may just watch and be empowered by her energy is just mm. amazing. Mm. One of the other things that's in here that is really cool is Allison is doing the inner altars. So she, you are looking within to create your own inner altar and your own embody your own feminine power and how that comes out. So we've got a lot of really interesting things where people are painting actual goddesses and learning how their life uh, relates to that and what they've learned, right? Their aha moments and things of that nature. And then we have people that are uh, like the internal search as well and guided meditations throughout. There's some really, really juicy, yummy details and all these different offerings from all these great women from all around the world, right? Women supporting women through creativity. It is, that's the juice that's worth the squeeze right there. What would you say to someone who doesn't have experience in painting? Who's this for, this festival? I launched a 22-day Tara painting meditation course in um, September 2020. And wow, Tara on the move. Tara was another unstoppable dream. I heard paint the feminine Buddha and anyway, it exploded. And I had so many women in there that had for the first time we're learning about the goddess, the divine feminine. And so we learn, explore the 21 aspects of green Tara. So there's 22 aspects of Tara. And they're asking me like, where do we go to learn about other goddesses and other aspects of the feminine? And so this is partly in response to that. Um, when I got divorced in 2012 and had to pull in all the aspects of me, you know, all hands on deck to create this new life, a huge lifeline for me throughout those like seven years, that seven year cycle thing is for real. I learned about the divine feminine. I never had. And I learned about myself. Like I learned that I create space for people, that that's a superpower. I had no idea, you know? And so I'm really excited for women to get to know themselves. Um, it's more like a remembering or, you know, flipping on the switches. I use the analogy in the interview of today that when you look up at the, you know, the night sky in the evening, you know, you might see that one star and then you look up again and there are five stars and then a million stars, that that's what it's going to be like. Like all of this knowledge, this, um, this feminine power and artistry is within you. It just hasn't been illuminated. It hasn't been illuminated by popular culture. It wasn't illuminated in our schools growing up or around the kitchen table. It's new. And when you learn about these aspects of the feminine, it's like getting to know yourself. It's familiar. And so I really, I honestly believe that someone could watch the lessons of all the ones I've watched so far, their activations, just watching, you know, just yeah. watching the painting come to life and, and listening to the, the coaches and the special guests share from their hearts, what this subject means to them. You wouldn't have to paint at all, but 
I'm also skeptical that anyone could make it through two or three lessons without like, oh, I got to get paints. I got to try this because it's not about, you know, painting things in perfect perspective and 3D and shadow and all that. It's about expressing like what color feels yummy, what shape or symbol feels yummy and how can you connect this to where you are right now? Mm. Like it's got to be for me, it's got to be practical magic, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know? And it's not only what we might get as participants from observing and participating, but there's another overarching purpose to the festival, isn't there? So there's women supporting women. So talk to me about that, because I think that's also a very powerful empowerment. Kim, do you want to share the nonprofits oh. we're supporting? <laughs> yes, we are supporting really ending um, feminine uh, genital mutilation. And there are five nonprofits under the one mm-hmm. umbrella. What this does is we're giving to those this nonprofit and what it does, it'll spread it across Africa to help our sisters there. And our, and basically, let's face it, they're not women, they're little girls, you know, yeah. and this horrible, horrible practice that has still remains. I mean, I think some of the stats were 2020, 4 million and a half, 4 million and a half women still were having this done to them. You know, you hear it and you just, you can't really believe this still goes on and it's absolutely alive and unfortunately thriving in some parts of the world. And we're trying to help these girls, you know, get out from under it because once they say, no, they don't want it, you know, they can be completely alienated from their families and their homes and they've got nowhere to go. So this is a very important nonprofit to give to. So, yeah. Some of the nonprofits provide homes. So literally, mm. if you're a young girl and you don't want your genitalia cut off with like a mm. lid of a tin can or whatever, you have to leave your family. And some of these girls are six, seven, eight, you know, or they don't have a place to go. And they also do a lot of education, but it's, it's frightening. It's super frightening. And so, yeah, there's a women's fund that supports these five nonprofits. And then we're going to do a auction, an online auction for the art that any of the participants and the teachers and everyone will be able to contribute to. And the artists will get like 50% and 50% is going to go to the Women for Women Foundation that is currently helping Ukrainian refugees, women and children that are experiencing that interesting manifestation on this planet right now. So I want to send so much money to these these nonprofits and we're donating um, at least 70% of the net profits. I mean, I'm hoping even to do more. So like when you join, just joining is a huge help. And I know you'll get so much out of it. People have been gifting. I had a woman today, she bought three tickets for her and two friends. And it's just so exciting to see women coming together. And a lot of, you know, people I don't, I've never met, you know, it's, it's going to be a new fun collective and community. And there's going to be lots of interaction in the course um, and with the teachers and there's networking, there's a place to introduce yourself and like shamelessly promote your websites, your art, whatever, like just, we are women supporting women. And I think the ripple effects are going to be far reaching. Absolutely. And the power of being able to be a part of this and get beautiful gifts from the teachers yourself as a participant, but know as soon as you put your money on the table that it's going to those really important not-for-profits. And I think that that in itself of being able to help others as well as help ourselves. What's the website for joining the festival? Yeah, just go to WhitneyFreyaStudio.com. Great. And I'll have the link in the 
show notes that everyone can see what's being cooked up. When we go live, if you're in Australia, you just need to wait till Saturday and Whitney and Kim will be opening the doors. I'm very excited because I'm going to be talking about my love of Mother Earth and sharing some of my latest adventure with making Earth pigments and having that as part of our painting practice, connecting with Mother Earth. So I'm very excited to be sharing that and doing that with a backdrop of what's been happening for tens of thousands of years with the Aboriginal and traditional owner art here in Australia. So a bit of a different flavour to the feminine power, but it's incredibly exciting to be sharing that story too. Any final comments about the festival before we finish up? Kim, Whitney? Join. (laughs) Come, come play. Come on. Feel into it. You'll enjoy just on the page where you'll get to from the link in the show notes. um, There's a time-lapse of me painting the goddess Newt, who if you don't know Newt, you'll want to know Newt. So you'll learn that there. So if nothing else, like you'll be uh, inspired and empowered just from reading the information on the festival page. Yay. Well, I want to just finish up with some rapid fire questions just so that listeners get to know even more about both of you. Uh, First question to you, Whitney, creativity is, finish the sentence. Absolutely essential. (laughs) Kim, your favorite tool in the studio right now? My fingers. I love to get messy and play in the paint with my fingers. Absolutely. Love it. Whitney, what was the one piece of advice that changed your art practice? It was understanding layers. Mm. Mm. (laughs) There, these two are laughing because throughout the whole coaching training, I'm like, it's all about layers, the art, life. Everything is about layers. And actually, I learned that by myself. The first painting I ever did, which wasn't a painting, I'm holding up my air quotes. Um, It was oil pastel on paper because I was still too afraid to paint on canvas with paint, even though I was in the process of opening an art center. But I was sitting there and I realized it's about the layers. If I just keep going, eventually I'll get to something that I love. And so that's what I mean about this painting practice it like activates your own inner teacher and you learn on your own, like you're channeling it. It's super fun. So long answer. Love, love the latest. (laughs) No, great answer. Kim, give me three words to describe the art that is your life. Ah, well, I think it's funny. It's like these three words have just been coming up for me a lot. Create, connect, and contribute. So as you create, create, you connect, right? And as you do those two things, you contribute. So those are the three things in the life that is my art that is most important. And that's really embodies what this festival is about, right? It's women creating beautiful lessons for the world to be able to share and connect and give back to these women in Africa. So That's such a Shazam moment because when I did my Reiki training about 30 years ago, I pulled two cards, two words, and they were connect and contribute. There we go. So they, they have been in my wallet for, I don't know, 30 something years. And it is, that's such a shazam. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Last question to you, Whitney, a book that impacted your creativity, your creative practice. Well, of course, um, I mentioned Zen and the Art of Making a Living, which basically launched my creative practice, even though he's like, this doesn't have to do with painting on a canvas, and but that's what it had for me. And I've spoken with him, which was kind of fun. Um, your book changed my life. Um, and I'm such a book hog. I was just looking at my shelf. The one that's coming to mind, actually, is Becoming Supernatural 
by Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza, I feel like he's like this the scientist version of me. He and I, if yeah. we, whenever we meet, it'll just be like, but coming at it from totally different angles. So, you know, he talks about how you can manifest change in your life the more you sustain elevated states of emotion, which is exactly what 30 Days to Unstoppable is. But 30 Days to Unstoppable is like channeled guided meditation, right? And he's hooking people up to scientific equipment to measure the elevated states of emotion. So becoming supernatural for your logical mind has the science that helps you understand how important creativity and focusing your thoughts and your words, um, whether spoken or unspoken on what you desire, making sure they're in alignment with your vision for your most desired future is something that I've taught forever at the canvas, you know, like the canvases we paint are symbolic and energetically aligned with what we want to step into. So that's a fabulous book, Becoming Supernatural. And who doesn't want to become supernatural? Yeah. I always have heard. <laughs> I always I mean, let's do it. I always <laughs> stepping into that. <laughs> I'm going to go and get it. Thank you, Whitney. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kim, Whitney. It's been an absolute delight. I'm so excited for what you're doing. I'm always excited about what you guys are doing. And I love the social media um, ability that we have technology that I can be in a different continent and stay connected. But I'm also really excited about this particular initiative. And I say thank you on behalf of all of those who are going to receive something from what you've started, what you've generated and, and the momentum that you're going to produce. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you both. I'm so grateful for having you here. And let's say goodbye to everyone who's been listening. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Bye for now. So happy you're tuning in. Share this episode. Help Michelle and Jennifer grow their podcast like beyond their wildest imaginations. Absolutely. Share the love. Share the love. love. Talk soon. Bye.